Hi guys, so we are back. Welcome to Tiny Drops Mighty Oceans. <laughs> and of course, I'm Abimbola. Hmm, I just said my name in Fumoji. Yeah, never done that. And of course, with me is Momo Mujisola. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to another episode. Hello well, Abimbola. Don't understand this year. Hello, Abimbola. Don't understand why you're saying Abimbola in the first place. You started it, so I'll keep it up. <laughs> yes. Um, and so today, the question for today is what really is feminism? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, we're going there today. So I hope you guys are excited too. Well, maybe excited, maybe not. To actually hear what we have to say. And it's just not me and Muji today. We have a couple of our friends and guests with us. So over to you, Muji. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to actually have them uh, introduce themselves on like what we do typically where I have to give like a mini bio. No, today, no bio. So everyone is just going to introduce themselves. They'll say their name and what they do, who they are. Yeah. So we start out with you, Damola. Hello. Hi guys. That's so YouTube-ish, right? <laughs> anyway, um, I'm Damola. I am a medical doctor. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. David, please can you introduce yourself? Hello everyone. My name is David Ayawe, and basically I um, work in Softcom and AO as the brand lead. Basically what I'm doing or what I do is to build love and respect for both brands. Oh, awesome. Interesting. Awesome. <laughs> and finally we have Michael. Yeah. We brought Michael back because we just want to hear what he has to say. So Michael, please reintroduce yourself. Hi everyone. I'm Michael Awunawa. Thank you for having me again. Um, Thank you. I'm fond of the Okay, uh, so today, Bimbo, like Bimbo mentioned, we're going to be talking about, or we're asking the question, what really is feminism? And for us today, to have a very, what would I call it, like, honest conversation about this feminism topic or issue, whatever we call it, we need we needed to kind of invite all voices to the table. So um for me I can't even I I can't start out like saying my thoughts so I'm just going to like go around the table and ask everyone what like what's the first thing that comes to your mind like it could be a word a phrase what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about feminism or when you hear the word feminist anyone can can go um I would just say that when I think about feminism, I just think about women advocating for equal rights as men. Like that's okay. the first thing that comes to my head, really. For me, it's more like equal systems. So equal opportunities, um, just to have an equal standing in the society. That's for me, that's the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to or when I hear feminism. Mm. Okay. No, I think for me, it's less about, um, I think it's less about the female gender, more about equity. Mm. So when I think, I think it's just both genders having same access to opportunities. And that, so I think it's less about one gender than the other. For me. Okay. Alrighty. So basically, I think um, everyone has made, will I say, the, the basic um, true definition of feminism. But I would say if there's anything that I would like to chip in is to, is to ensure that it, we first of all see it as a core belief system. Mm-hmm. right? It's, it, you know, a lot of people actually can tend to advocate for something that they don't believe in. We've seen it happen time over time again. And whenever that happens, it's basically like hypocrisy, Yeah. right? So you have people who actually tend to advocate for 
equity or equality, but they really do not believe in it. So I would say maybe before we define feminism quickly is we should take a step back. And first of all, before we talk about advocacy, talk about the belief, mm. right? Mm. It, it starts with the belief, the core belief that the world is, 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 is not balanced. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if, there, if there is data to prove it, but the truth is, and we know in, it's in our core that the world is imbalanced, right? And our belief says that we believe in a world where everyone has equitable access to everything that makes them thrive. And feminism starts with that belief that everybody should have that equitable access. Hence the advocacy for it. to ensure that it actually works, that we actually create a system that works for everybody. Yeah. David, I like I like the way you talked about the belief because for me, and that's that's where my question came from. Because I try to like whenever I'm thinking about whenever I'm reading like things that people post or um, supposed advocates for feminism, like what I see them talk about when I read articles, like I I honestly don't get it. I'm I'm trying to figure out okay, what exactly are people trying to fight for? Because sometimes <clears throat> I think I was listening to just a short clip of an interview um, between, I can't remember his, anyway, it was, <clears throat> the person was interviewing Chimamanda and then the person, and Chimamanda was like, I think she'd said, um, when people, when people think about feminists, they think about, they always think about women like this, like they always think about like some um, macho woman or like superhero woman, like trying to, like, you know, like that was how she kind of explained it. And for me, like, I just never, like, I, maybe I've heard so many things and then I always just feel like most times people make feminism about women and maybe maybe that's um, what the situation is really about. But I'm asking myself, because now that I'm hearing you talk about what feminism is, I'm asking, is it really about women or is it about the society, the imbalance in the society that we exist in? That for me, that, that that has always been my question. Like, what really is feminism about? Is it about a certain gender? And I think Michael mentioned that because I feel like it necessarily it, it, it's not necessarily about a gender. I think it's mostly about the issues that exist in our society. But I could be wrong. I don't know. But then I think that um, the reason um, a certain gender is being, you know positioned is because they have been historically the disadvantaged one. So um, the whole point is that we're trying to create a system where everyone, right, male, female, whatever, you have, you know, the same opportunities, the same rights. But if one gender has been down for so long, you are trying to kind of pull that one up. So I think that that's why it seems like women are being centered because this, the existing system tends to favor one gender. So that's why I think that it, it seems like it's about women. But the whole point, I mean, the ideal thing is that just same opportunities, regardless of your gender, but because one has been, you know, disadvantaged. So that's why I think anyway. I, I I like the two like the two perspectives from Muji and Damola, and it makes me think about how um, how the belief of feminism how it has evolved over time, and how people have misused or have have taken that initial idea or belief and have made it so much so that it has taken a different turn yeah. and forgetting actually even forgetting about the fact that actually we live in a world that is not balanced but there are certain things that have happened and in trying to push and pull up that pull the the pull woman back up we've sort of taken a different turn yeah so I actually have a question for David because now that yeah now that we're saying this and listening to what Damala said earlier so how do you like now what you've mentioned you've explained what feminism should be or what mm -hmm. it, what it is 
how do you now how like if you if you now have that belief system or you you if that's your core how do you advocate for um the movement in such a way that you don't deem so now i'm trying to fight for um, um an equal system or an equal access for all like for all genders or for both the male and the female gender how do you do that without demeaning like i'm trying to fight for women but i don't want to demean the men like i don't want to because you know sometimes um remember earlier i was talking about the video i watched where um um the so the lady was interviewing the men rights activist and then the men were talking about how if you look around like everything that we have or everything that exists was built by men like i'm talking i'm talking about buildings now physical buildings like our bridges and things like that they were built by men mm-hmm. and that was a statement but then you know as a feminist you hear that and then you're like well like as in like you kind of want to counter that like you kind of want to demean like he made a statement that was just a statement because in her mind like she said when she was listening like when he and when he made that statement and then she thought to herself that well um everyone that you see if you look around every every human that exists was birthed by a woman that's also a statement of fact like it's like when you know it's like you're stating a fact it doesn't mean like it doesn't mean one doesn't demean the other you get my point it's like someone saying i've gone through i went through this pain in my life or this hurt in my life and then another person comes and says oh uh, well you didn't like mine was worse like do you get like it's kind of like demeaning yeah we both went it might have been that my case wasn't as bad as yours but we both went through pain anyway so how do you advocate as a feminist without like how do you do it that it makes that that there's meaning and value to what, and you can really pass your message across without demeaning the other gender, male or female. Interesting. So for starters, I, I would say one of the, one of the reasons why having like this conversation that it seems like one advocating for one may potentially hurt the other is, would I say it's, it's maybe with all due, um, less a sense of respect. It's kind of like an agenda to demoralize the the movement or to invalidate it. Mm. To be honest, some people, when push comes to shove, right, speak out of anger or disgust um, against the other gender. But it's really not against the other gender. It's a way people have learned to cope with the pain. And what I'm saying in essence is we've become extremely, um, we're no longer empathic towards ourselves. The only way you can actually believe in this system is through empathy, either as a man or as a woman. It's empathy to understand that when these conversations come and they they now become a little bit, um, they become edgy, I mean like, it, it, it is coming from a place of pain, of anger, anger inspired by pain. You cannot, come on. I mean, I walk the streets of Lagos. I was still in the market today, and I see how people react towards women. So when you're advocating for women, you can become too careful to be so careful not to hurt people's feelings by the things you say, because the real things in front of your face is extremely demoralizing. And it is in the, it's in the multitudes. Like it happens every day, every time. So you can't become too careful saying you don't want to hurt someone's feelings because you're trying to advocate for another. As long as you know that your advocacy, right, is to pull up one, um, is to pull up one side is not to bring down the other. But even no matter how careful you are from my, in my opinion, you still have people who innately want to be hurt just for the fact that you're fighting for the right thing. Um, we just can't be too careful when, when advocating. But yes, we have to do it in a way where it is clear that we are not pushing down the other um, to, to, to bring I say justice for everyone. I don't know if it makes any sense. Yes, I think so. I, I think so. I don't know if anyone else has like a 
contrary or like opinion or an addition because for me like I just always like and it's the reason why I've always shied away from like I I just always hold back and I don't make my contributions I don't not because sometimes I'm 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 thinking I'm yeah like you said being too careful but I feel like now that you've explained like the way it comes from a place of pain and anger because yeah some things that we see even in the work environment are supposed to be a sane and safe place it's 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 uncalled for yeah <clears throat> sorry um so i i i get where david is coming from um i still look at you but um there still needs to be a place of um, good judgment what do you because, mean uh, reason why the movement exists is because one gender consciously took down the other gender for a period of time yeah so doing the exact thing in the opposite direction is going to give us the same result. Mm. Like we're going to come, we're going to go full step back to where we are now. So um, a lot of um, a lot of people that are against feminists, against the movements, um, misogynists. Yeah, they are clear to see if you come to the typical Lagos, you're going to see a lot of them. So that's kind of the way we're brought up. Yeah, and then a lot of um, women are now actively trying to like, fix that. And some of them are now actively putting down men. And that in itself is, um, they are misunderstood. And it's just exactly that the exact, they're the same, well, I say in, in the, on the same table, misogynist and misunderstood. And so there needs to be, it, it's a very, it's tricky. It's very tricky. Yeah, there's a thin line. There needs to be a place to, yeah, there's a thin line where you just, you're going overboard and you're doing exactly what you're fighting against or what you're fighting for. You get what I mean? Yeah. Damala, did you have, yeah, because I know, did you have something to say? Yeah. Um, I think it's not as easy to, to stay on that fine line without offending anyone. Because I think as David said, people are going to be offended anyway, no matter what you do, no matter how careful you are. And remember that this, this movement is not existing in a vacuum. There are people behind it. There are people who believe it with any other belief system, even with, let's say, religious beliefs and stuff like that. There are people that get offended by other people's beliefs. So I feel like when you're advocating, of course, I can't tell every feminist what to do. But at the same time, people should not be so quick to get offended because you haven't really lived or walked in the person's shoes to be able to say, okay, this is how they should react or this is how they should tell you something. Like, Just try to think about what it means to be in that position. For example, I'll give an example, right? I'm a doctor. The only reason I can be a doctor is because one woman challenged the system and decided she was discriminated like repeatedly, like she can't study medicine. Even in choosing a specialty, even till now, you still hear that, okay, surgeons should be doctor, and uh, surgeons, men should be surgeons. Or women are being told that, okay, you have to, you can't do this. Even I was told that, I remember them sitting me down and telling me that, oh, maybe uh, surgery is not very family friendly. So like, imagine just being in that kind of system and I'm trying to push back. Someone somewhere is now telling me to say, oh, be careful. Of course, I'm trying to, I, I don't want, I'm not, I don't hate anyone. I'm not trying to bring down anyone. But if I'm trying to push back, there's some people that are still going to interpret it anyway as, bringing down men me trying to you know assess uh, you know let's say do surgery for instance I mean I don't want to do surgery doesn't mean that I'm stopping other men from doing it I just want to be able to do it so I feel like no matter how careful we are there will still be that um tension that's just what I think anyway Bimbo, did you did you have something <laughs> not really not really I just think that I'm I tilt, I tilt bo to both sides of the table, but more to, to Michael's side in that how, 
yes, we do not want to offend certain people. But like Damola said, we're not in it, this movement is not in a vacuum. So a lot of people take it and actually I would go back to what I said about misusing the movement and using it for other things. And I find that sometimes feminists go as far as demeaning the other gender. And for me, is how can we find that balance? How can we not do that? Because it's like, who is, who is actually paying attention to the male gender? Because there's so much attention to the female gender, you know? And I think we're beginning to see that in, in I feel like there's some way that the movement towards like the feminine gender has sort of blinded us on setting other aspects in like training the boys or, you know, going. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> yes. So I feel like that's where there's been that blindness, I would say, or yeah. that veil. Yeah. That's how do we actually balance it? Because for me, I feel the, like like when people talk about feminism, I feel like the best feminists are men. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, listening to David and Mary, you can actually tell because, yeah, like that was going to be what you what you ended with. That was going to be my next question. I'm like, OK, so now what we're fighting for a certain movement or we're trying to create a certain kind of society, which really at the end of the day, it won't be about us. It would be about uh, like the generations to come. And now, so there's this for, and to be fair, like I, 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 I think I, I wrote an article like recently and then because I had to think that was on International Women's Day. Like I had to like just take a step back and actually think. I'm like, I have never, like the reason why maybe I've never understood the movement is because I've never had to fight. Like, and David is right. Like if you, you have to be able to put yourself in this, like you yes. have to come from a place of pain I've never had to fight for anything as a woman and same you know the sad part and you know the sad part which is why I totally agree with David I've never had to fight for anything yet I did not realize that I was being put down Mm, that's true it's 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 so like it's it's such a part like I've never had to fight meanwhile I didn't know like I was I was I was living in ignorance so I found out actually um when it was after I left someplace that I, I had worked, I found out that the men actually earned way more than the women were. Like, I, and it wasn't, and someone said that it's, it's not like it's, it's not necessarily intentional. It's just that people say, people, that's the thing I don't have, but people say, I don't know how true, you guys can obviously help me out with this. People say that men negotiate better than women. It might not be true now anymore, but it's like the men, like when, when they start out, like when they, when they um, apply for certain roles and then they're being um, interviewed about what their salary, what they, what their pay should be. Like the men immediately go for the high end. Like they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't shoot low. That's what I have come to find out. Like I, it might not be true, but like in certain instances, like I found out that the men shoot high and we women, like even when we try to shoot high and then these once people, like it's almost like they play on our emotions do you get like oh once people start to tell you oh okay why do you like why do you want to earn this amount oh that let's start you out like this but you know it almost seems like maybe the men are more assertive so I could be wrong but then at least in my own life like that was something I found out that like in in places where like the men actually earned way more than the women even in the same role so and for me this is what did you say you're not wrong you're not wrong you're not wrong um, so the um, well, I'm, I'm using context in Nigeria. Traditionally, the man um, fends for the family, yeah, mm-hmm. and the woman, even if she's working, is supposed to support. Yeah. So obviously, the notion is that the person that is fending for the family should earn more. Yeah. Okay. And I saw a conversation. Um, I think someone was I'm just going through something that. Well, I think it was Oprah, yeah, where she was earning less than a co, what do you call them? A co-worker. fellow, yeah, 
co-worker. Yeah. yeah. That were, they were hosting the same show. And the other boss told that was, you have a family, you have a wife, you have kids. Huh. Yeah. And so let me use context. So where I'm growing up, my mom was the, um, what do you call it? Sorry. Breadwinner. Breadwinner of the family. That's yeah. what she, she played that role. And growing up, um, when I was in um, primary school, if a girl beats me in class, my dad, um, God bless his soul, would say, how would the girl beat you? So my mental notion was also like, men are supposed to be, because obviously the men are supposed to do better because the man has to make more money. And then it got to a point where his business wasn't doing so well. And my mom had to step up. Yeah. And she became excellent at business. She became an excellent negotiator because she had to step up to that role. Yeah. And so it changed my notion of what, um, of the role people are placed in many. And it's the same notion that has guided me to today. So it's, I think it's easier when um, you can fix it in your personal, in your circle. So I can't say what feminism, what equity will look like in sports. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't say what that will look like. I can't say what um, if the men should be paid the same amount as women. Or in my profession, for example, in construction, people typically want to pay the women more. I'm sorry, the men more, because they should know better is more. And I I know, I work with you, Muji, and I know that's a lie. Everybody mm-hmm. is as good as the efforts they put in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, I think. Yeah, how do we fix it? Like, because for me, like, and it's, 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 the reason it's I think it starts. Yeah, the reason why I'm okay. asking this question is because so so many people are ignorant. People like me, where I just felt like, I, to be honest, I just I never thought I needed to fight for anything. I was perfectly okay because for me, I never like I never even saw myself as as in I don't see people as genders. Like I don't see male and female. To be honest, I just yeah. see people that can advise. I see humans that are valuable. That that was it for me. So when I started to like listening to these conversations and then like just hearing things like this, where I'm like, okay, so it's actually a thing that because I'm a woman, I enter into a space, people treat me differently or people like, you get there's, there's a way people act around me or there's, so for me, these things were really strange. And then to find out that I, I like, I'm, I'm being paid less than someone that I do exactly the same as it was it was it was a game changer for me so i don't know how do we fix yeah. it is it fixable is it i don't know i, mean, I, I want to okay no i just want someone <laughs> i ju- actually just wanted to add to um what she said about ignorance because there's also the set of people that ignorance that they are actually negotiating less because of a belief system they have about themselves yeah. as women yeah. and not know so as you're answering as you're saying what you want to say have that in mind as well <laughs> okay so uh, there's someone that works um, in my company and she joined in right after school and so she used to earlier like early days so obviously um you, you find very vile men and then they eat on our site that's a construction site and then so she'll come to report to me to put them in their place yeah, that was like three years ago. Now I just get updates on who has been fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like so now if anything happens like that, she takes responsibility for it. So I think it's it's um it's a it's a thing of responsibility. Only yourself up to that um expectation. Mm-hmm. So we're saying um ignorance. So the ignorance is um so perhaps you're going to negotiate based on what you need. People and to do that. You want to pay your rent, so you calculate your rent. You never know what that is. The man technically wants to save a lot more. The average man wants to save a lot more. That's the mindset which was brought up to save more and live in inheritance, whatever that is. Yeah. So I think starting from that notion, if you come from that perspective that, okay, so I want to make as much as possible, it, it changes your perspective, it changes the way you approach any um, opportunity, any negotiation. David and Tamala, do you have any addition on this page? Because yeah, I do. 
Um, I don't believe it's this simple. <laughs> um, I honestly don't. I think it's very nice to say, um, I've always seen that I was different since I was growing up. I have always known that the system was, was a little bit skewed to one direction. And I have always seen it. Even the, the, what I was even able to do in my life was because of what some feminists had done before me that afforded me the opportunity to be able to do these things. So I think the reason why, um, or the reason why most people would continue to, to fight and to speak up is because some women are not even that exposed. So they don't even know that, oh, I can demand more or I can ask for more because yes. the systems have put them in one position. Mm -hmm. They've told them that this is all you can ever be. Mm -hmm. So it's very nice when I hear people say, okay, um, you know, um, you can ask for more, take responsibility. But some people don't even know that that's a possibility because all their lives, the systems, everything, the kind of access, everything has been kind of against them or they're not able to even, or even for the people that try, there is, it's like everything is just working against you. So I don't believe it's this simple. That's, that's why I think that for me personally, I don't think you have to call yourself a feminist. Um, because I know that some people have issues calling themselves a feminist <laughs> uh, because of maybe historically what some other people have done. But I think that the systems need to change. It's not just about your, I mean, yes, you can do your own thing, your own personal space and what you want to do, but there has to be a general call. That's why you see people trying to change, you know, put more people in offices, you know, trying to change rules, policies, laws, because it goes way beyond what you want to do in your own personal life. That's the only way we're going to see a general change that would, you know, affect, you know, everyone. So that's just what I wanted to add. Alrighty, thank you very much for, for alluding to the fact that these conversations, it is never really that easy. You know, a lot of us over the years, we've become quite opinionated on what we think this is. And we think it's because women um, don't demand more. We've put the button on women's shoulders again. They will put the, the, the weight by saying that on women's shoulders. <clears throat> but the conversation, the conversation is not that easy, right? And I would also piggyback on some of the things you said. Something as simple as, you know, this pay gap thing didn't start in the workplace. It didn't start there. It started when a long time ago where, and just this is just one instance, where parents, parents or systems, it's a systemic thing, have told you that a man is more of a doctor, a woman is more of a nurse. Yeah, <laughs> it started yeah. a long time ago when I, when some of my friends, when we are getting computers, we're, we're all boys in my house, so it didn't matter, right? We got computers, but maybe my, my friends, they got computers, but their, 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 sister, their sisters got dolls. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it started a long time ago where we got bicycles, but, um, but the, the ladies got outfits. Yeah. Going from then, in back, going back in history, for the fact that I had a computer, it made me a lot more open towards creativity, open towards taking off the, I mean, upgrading the computer to a, an eight gigram from four, four gigram from a young age. What is the pathway for giving a, a little girl at that time a doll, as opposed to, um, as opposed to jigsaw puzzles? The brain was forming at that time to pick things that maybe fell into a certain um, career path that at the end of the day snowballs into a good career, but snowballs into it in a way where it felt like they never had the power of choice. 
you took away the choice not when you put her in the office. You took away the choice a long time ago, right? Okay. So I would say the conversation is not as easy as she she can she doesn't demand for it. The conversation is about how she, how um, the the most of the gender has been conditioned subconsciously, programmed for a long time, and taking it away doesn't happen by just telling her to demand more. No, taking mm -hmm. it away ensures that we start telling our kids that they can do a plethora of things that they want to do. That's that. And I'll tell you a little bit of a story and I'll try not to speak too much. When I joined Softcom, we were maybe about, we, we grew very fast. We were maybe about less than 20. But at that time we were at, we were like 80% men in the office. So you have the programmers, mostly men, the UX designers, men, maybe a few, a few front um, office people, maybe the people that are like uh, market development, women, you can, you, you might yeah. imagine why, I, I wouldn't say why, yeah. right? But then I remember my boss saying, um, when I want to hire a designer, when I want to hire a, a UX person or hire whatever, my boss would say, um, please, what gender are they? And if it's a guy, you can see that he wouldn't reject, but at the same time, he's like, why can't we find a UX person that is a woman? He's not stupid, right? He's one of the smartest people I've ever met. What he was doing was pushing for the balance, changing. I, mean, I, I know now it's quite dicey. It's, I mean, especially what happened recently. It's like, why are you making more opportunities for women in your workplace? Why are you asking? to employ women is because we know for a certain that there are women out there that do equally as great work as men so why can't the workplace be represented representative of that fact that is what advocacy is i mean let's actually put it in our heads advocacy in itself is about picking a side and fighting for that side until the battle is actually won right yes we're also advocating for equality. Hence, we have to pay attention to the male gender. But you can't be too careful. I'll go back again and I'll say, you can't be too careful when you're pushing for the balance. You push for the balance. You design policies that help the balance happen. Um, so I would say, again, um, we can't be too opinionated and think it's binary. It's an extremely com complex um, argument that needs everybody um, on ground to actually design policies that, or design a world that will actually work for everybody. I have something I wrote when, um, I'll, I'll wait, let, let's speak again before I read it. I wrote something when I was asked to be on this. I almost refused, um, <laughs> but then I wrote something and I'll tell you why I almost refused, but let's continue. Okay. All right, so um, when I said um, what I said about the personal thing, it's not mutually exclusive to what you just said, yeah? So a person in power is, that's your personal space. You control 20 people, that's your personal space. So um, your boss, that's Yomi. Yomi or Shende Bine say, well, let's employ a lady. That's because he has the power to do so, yeah? And the truth is we can't get everybody on board. That's the reality of it. But too many, there are too many different people in this world. And if we're going to effect change, it has to be individuals standing up for change individually before it becomes a collective. Yeah. Because the truth is, if we say everybody should come together to create a project, it's never going to happen. But you're getting someone in power that stands for the movement, and suddenly that person can do something drastic that can help the movement. Yeah, because... Um, the, the thing is, if, if we keep, um, and like, I say this because I'm a very um, result-oriented result person, yeah. And I try, like, when I see a problem, like, there needs to be a solution to it. My brain doesn't, I keep moving until I find a solution to it. And it's, it's we have to do that individually, yeah. Because there's no system. We can't build a system. So, for example, now, I know a lot of what we say in Nigeria is um, men are not respectful, the market men are not respectful. And that is the truth. We're not going to change a number of these people. Yeah. Because they're set in their ways. Yeah. But we can change 
where we put them, we can change the access they have. We can effect change in what they can do. We can effect change where they can go. Yeah, but that needs to be, it still, needs, it still comes from an individual standing. So Damala, for example, you mentioned that you could do some things now because some women before decided that this, I will not stand for this. Yeah, and that's really how change starts. It starts from one person and they become two people and they become three people and they become 10. And so now, um, Softcom, for example, David's company has grown from 80%, I think it's about almost 50% now. Yeah, it's about, it's about we are from 80% men, now we're about 43.5% women. Yeah, that's great. Now, the reason why that is so is because Yomi is in the place of power. Yomi has exercised his power to aid movements. The security man would have that same power. He might have the idea, but he doesn't have that power. So it starts from there, and then the effect, you see, the effect starts cascading into the areas that you have control over. So I, I think that that's how, um, that's how we can see real change, to be honest. Because if it's a problem that has always existed, and there will always be backlash, there will always be people that feel offended, there will always be pushbacks. But if you get, if someone starts today, for example, if Damola in the next um, 10 years becomes the head of, I don't know what your association is, uh, the of medical doctors, becomes the head of a, uh, medical doctors in the country where you stay, you could effect a policy because of your position that can effect, um, create lasting change, that can create like very effective change. Yeah, so I, I think that that might be the best way to approach this problem because we're not going to get everybody on board. That's the truth. That's just reality. Okay, I think my own, like the final question I have, I don't know if Bimbo still has any questions, but my final question before we then go on to, um, before we go, before we go on to like just wrap up, my question is about the boy child and the girl child. So I recently found out, so I think, and that was actually what made me take a step back when I was thinking about the whole feminism thing. It was actually the access or the lack of access that the girl child um, is experiencing. And that was what, when Damala said something about how there's some people, I realized that whatever we do and in our fight, there are some women that would never be able to, like they would never be able to step up to the fight like there would always be people that they actually cannot fight like no matter what happens they just cannot fight and so I read I saw some post on Instagram and I think it was um some United Nations like they were talking about a number of countries where um the girl child like was actually like there was a lot of um how do I put it there was there was a lot of issues or a number of issues that the girl child was facing and for me, so Bimbo and I always have this conversation where we talk about how everybody's always talking about the girl child. And then people forget that if they don't change, like if there's no, if we don't pay attention to the boy child as much as we pay attention to the girl child, the girl child will grow up and the, the society, like it will, be a, it will be a circle or a cycle, whichever is correct. Yeah, because the boy child was left we were trying to groom the girl child and then we left the boy child and then the boy child grows up um, like he would grow up to become the same um he'll grow up to become the same man that we were trying to protect or groom the girl child against i don't know if you get that um that um psychology like we're, we're focusing on the girl child so and then we're leaving out, leaving out the boy child because for me i just always like another reason why i've had that tension is because i always just think I know what, like, I, I, I see what happens to the girl child. Some of them, how, like, in some of these um, northern um, African countries, like, how some of them are married off early. Like, some of them, like, they, they basically, like, that choice is taken from them. Like, they don't even, they basically don't even exist. I don't know if that's the word, like, to use. That's, like, that's really what it is about the girl child. And then I'm thinking to myself, or oh, let me use, um, I don't want to speak about a particular tribe or a particular sect of people but let me use for instance like in a community where the girl child is being um 
brutally treated or being or she doesn't her choice is taken from her and then we pay attention to her and try to take care of her and then groom and then we leave the boy child like I always think when the boy child grows up doesn't he do exactly the same thing that society was doing earlier because no one paid attention or tried to at least influence his own mind so that he grows up also seeing the girl like the way we're teaching the girl child to be valuable or trying to um, help her um, see herself as valuable how do we help the men also the boy child also see the see himself as valuable and at the same time see the girl child as valuable such that he's like it's almost like you're pulling them up together just to avoid a society where the girl child grows up and then the boy child is just he's just there i don't know for me it's just i i don't know i i I'm not sure if I, I pass or I'm able to articulate my question properly, but I'm always thinking about how do we like push the girl child and the boy child, like in such a way that society, like we can push them towards a society that we're looking for or the change that we really want to see. I just have one question. Who is training the boy child? Like who, who, tra- like, who is training these children? Who is training these children? The mm-hmm. parents and society. Okay, so so who is going to have the change first? The parents, right? Yeah, or the, the parents, society. Or the parent. Well, the parents. The parents are the ones, obviously, pushing. Like you said, let's let's imagine, for example, the word the advocates as parents. Yeah, and then we have the boy child. And okay, no, I think now that I think about <laughs> it, you just answered my question because if I am the advocate, I'm thinking about training both. So yeah, I think it's just so it's it's always then maybe that goes back to what Michael. So it's about like the person at the in this yeah. instance with the boy child and the girl child is always about the person who's doing the training. Yeah. But then how do we so how do you uh, I don't know? It's it's kind of twisted because in my mind I'm like, what society like maybe because I'm maybe I shouldn't be as concerned with what society is doing because if I'm the advocate, like if I'm the person who's influencing the boy child and the, um, and the girl child. Because I'm always thinking about like when they go out, what are they being told on the outside? Because at the end of the day, like it, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. So like it wouldn't, it wouldn't only be, it wouldn't be my influence alone. But I think what you said actually makes sense. Because when I think about it, if we're able to, like if we can change our perspectives as humans or like if we can be the change that we want to see, then maybe we can raise the children that we want to see. But yeah, I don't know if anyone has any. Well, I, that's my... the, the, the question you just asked, I think this is why people keep pushing and people keep fighting because if we try our best to make the changes now hopefully (laughs) the children we raise will be better so that's why I think that a lot of people are like I don't care if you like me I don't care if you like my approach but I'm trying to create a world where my daughter and my son would live in a better more equal society so i think it starts from us as as parents or human beings or whatever we are to try to make that change and then because these children i mean for this future society they're going to come to meet the world that we are currently creating so if we continue with the way we are you know, we're carrying on, we're not doing anything. The same way we were raised, these children will be raised as well. So that's just my, you know, two cents. Okay, so um, let me give an analogy. And I don't know if it's going to make sense, but please let me just navigate through it until it probably makes a little bit of, or a little bit of sense. If you had two flower pots, and you put seeds in both of them. But then you have only space where sunlight hits, can hit only one, right? And one of them has been receiving sunlight for the longest and it's sprouting, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. And the other one has been neglected. I mean, for the lack of a better word. I mean, neglected is the easy thing to say. There are so many complex things you can say about about that one and it, it hasn't been growing as it should be not because it doesn't have the inherent 
power to grow. So that one has been growing, you know? And you have space for just one where the sunlight hits the flower pot. The easiest thing for you to do is to put the other flower pot, just swap it. And the other one is now seemingly neglected, even though it has reached a certain point of, of germination and, and start achieving growth. Now this, the spotlight is on this other um, flower pot. I think that is where we are when, when we're trying to talk about advocate, advo advocating for the general child, right? Does it mean we should, I mean, we shouldn't come and find a way to break the wall to ensure that there's equal rights on both of them? No, it just means right now, we are so busy trying to ensure that the second flower germinates to a certain point. But the ideal thing for us to do, and now let me take it to physics and chemistry. You notice I'm quite a storyteller. There's something called the ideal scenario, the ideal um, situation, the, an ideal gas, right? The idealness never really exists in, in real life, but it's it's there because we, we, we want it to be there because it's the North Star, which that is what we're shooting for, right? The North Star for this analogy is that we break the wall then there's enough sunlight for everyone. But that itself takes a certain level of ingeniousness and brilliance and alignment that human beings right now are too greedy to reach. So what we're doing now is we're putting the, the light on the girl child in hopes that even as we're doing this, that we gradually can start breaking the wall. I think the idealness that I spoke about, like the ideal gas in chemistry and physics, the idealness here, and I don't know how many people will support it, is we need to start seeing genderless societies. Like we need to start seeing gen genderless societies. Like right now, I think I will want to make it a policy and I will try to remember to, to tell my people department to ensure that one of our criteria to submit your CV is soon probably remove gender, or maybe we're not ready for it yet because we're pushing, we have another agenda, pushing for balance. But maybe at some point when we feel society is ready for it, we'll probably tell one of the requirements to remove your, um, your, your gender. That is the idealness. I, and I, I don't see a world where I would treat my daughter any different from my son in no capacity, in none at all. That is the idealness I think we'll get to, but it's, it needs work, it needs alignment, it needs selflessness, it needs empathy. And human beings, especially human beings in this side of the world who are just trying to, to, to survive, are too um, selfish to, to align. Hopefully we get there. Oh, wow. I think... I think to end this episode, I would say. Before you round up, can I read what I wrote before? Okay, yes. I almost. Yes, rejected. please. And tell us why you almost rejected. You <laughs> didn't want to come. Yeah, so, so this was it because I really think when it comes to, you know, I mean, I've been to a bunch of protests and a bunch of uh, meetings that is really about pushing for the balance. But whenever I'm there, it's my presence and my alignment that is most needed, not my voice. I have a lot of things to say. Well, I see these things by ensuring that I pass it on, not by trying to sound like I know, because mm. there are a lot of men, a lot of men out there that all they want to do is to act as allies, not really be allies from, from on, on the battlefield itself. Right. And I'm going to read it now. I said, I can never be too opinionated about feminism, no matter how much I support it. I can only advocate for it and pass it forward. Why? Because I may never fully understand it. Why? Because I have never felt the true pain of living in a world that suffers of the lack of it. Many or most women suffer this every day. So yes, when you ask me if I'm a feminist, it's a hard question to answer. It's not a yes or no. It is 
not fully, not yet. But I continue to empathize, celebrate and push for a world where we all feel safe and empowered to be our real true, sel true selves. So what I was saying there is, it is hard for me to tell you yes straight because I've not felt the pain of walking on the street and being extremely careful. I've never felt that pain and have to be extremely careful because you feel like somebody thinks you should, you have to answer them or give them your number. I never feel like that. I bust into um, anywhere feeling very confident. So I can't start forming core opinions about what, femini what feminism is or not, but I will support the idea. So I think that's why I almost refused coming here because I'm like, isn't it just me coming to say my opinions again about something I've not felt the core of? But the reason I accepted it is because I know that over the years I have learned empathy and I am non-denied. And also another thing I've learned is my privilege. So, yeah. That's why I'm here today, so. Any last words from any other person? <laughs> Michael here. Yes, <laughs> I think he is. Okay. I think he is. Yeah. But this, I, I mean, Moji, this will probably still be an ongoing conversation between you and I. Because, yeah, I feel so strongly about feminism. I'm sure you that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I can't, I mean, I always tell my male friends, especially that, I mean, for a lot of them, they can't understand it. They can only empathize because it's hard to explain. Um, someone's like, oh, why do you even feel different? Or why would you, why would they tell you this? And I'm like, I can't explain it to you. Like, imagine being, like I'm, I'm sitting down in a webinar and someone I really respect is advising me. And then it's telling me, oh, these specialties are women friendly. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. I don't understand. What does it mean, women friendly? Like, we're both, like guys are in the webinar. They're not told to plan for their hypothetical family that they don't have yet. But then I'm told that Oh, I have to put it in mind that, um, you know, I just can't do this because of my husband and children. And then wouldn't they get married as well? So it's very hard. Um, it's, it's very hard <laughs> for me <laughs> to explain. Um, but I, 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 I love conversations like this because I hope that people have the time to think and just reflect on their actions. And I'm learning every day. I mean, probably things I, I believe so strongly now, um, I didn't believe many years ago. I'm still learning. And I just hope that everyone is open to just learning, uh, trying to understand the other person's position so that um, we can all, so that we can all act better, I think. Yeah. So thank you, yeah. Moji. <laughs> and being both asking me to come. <laughs> yes. Uh, Michael, do you have anything to say before we wrap this up? Uh, not much, to be honest. Okay. Um, I think it's a very enlightening um, conversation. Um, like, like David said, I tried to have the conversation online because um, I was brought up by a, I was brought up in a very, so every day I'm learning something is wrong with some ideology I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's just, just the, and then I don't have sisters. Mm -hmm. I don't have sisters. The only version of, the only female party I have in my upbringing is my mom. And she mm -hmm. was barely ever home. So there's a lot that, um, I have to learn. Mm -hmm. I think the, the only thing that just stands out to me is just like, we, we might not be able to change um, the world, but we, we, can, we can change what's, what's around us. So like we, okay, I can't say for certain, but I know I plan to have kids. And so the goal is to give them the, 
at least give them a version of the ideal world. Give them like remove every remove boundaries, remove obstructions, remove the limits that my parents could have placed on me or my parents, their parents could have placed on them. I think that's just really it. But, but um, I think I, I love, um, I think I like the, this closet conversation. I have to be honest about that. It's just six people. It's not, if it's on Twitter, it can get very violent. Whereas, <laughs> yeah. So I like the fact that it's just, it's just us here. I, who, knows, who knows what backlash will come after we put this out. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for having, like, coming on the podcast we really appreciate everybody and there you have it guys this is an ongoing conversation you can see that we still have so much to say but I think this is a conversation you should have in your own close circles and see where everybody is and so we will end this with something that I read and I hope everyone agrees with it because I'm just saying it because I would say a feminist is a man or a woman who says, yes, there is a problem with gender as it is today. And really, we must fix it and we must do better. I think that's the, I feel like for me, and I hope everyone agrees with that, that's a good way to look at things. Guys, hit us up on our social media platforms. It's at Tiny Drops 4. See you soon.